Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Father Son Hour. I'm your host, the Son, and my co-host, your father. How you doing, guys? I hope you enjoyed yesterday's conversation, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue that. So, uh, Father, why don't why don't you uh, take the lead on this one? Well, yesterday I was telling you that um, I see the country heading into a boiling point post um, the elections. And uh, I also mentioned to you that um, the, you know, the, the basic issue that I see right now is that we have two political parties uh, preaching two false premises. One, preaching socialism, when socialism, it is proven that does not work. Production and services uh, run by the community or run by government does not work. So you cannot uh, govern on the premise that you're going to take money from a few and then give it to other, give it to others, or you're going to raise taxes on a few uh, to distribute it to others. That's not how societies prosper. Uh, prosperity comes as a result of a thriving economic environment where small entrepreneurs, medium entrepreneurs, large enterprises, you know, hire a lot of people, spend a lot of money, then people earns a lot of money and then spends it in turn creating a virtuous circle in the economy. So I, I, I kind of have a different idea of, of like different perspective as to why the country has reached a boiling point, right? So my perspective and, and the perspective of the general, uh, of, the, of, of my generation is that in when Barack Obama got elected, he, he ran on he ran on the idea of change, of hope, you know, and, and the country got very excited because an African-American president got elected. My generation and the, the conservatives that I've talked to and just people down in the center that feel disenfranchised because of the, the current political climate, we feel that Barack Obama let us down. He, he didn't, he didn't keep his promises in, in the concept of change. None of the bankers that committed those crimes during the 2008 financial crisis went to jail and the rich got richer and the poor got poorer. And that's why we're getting to this breaking point, this boiling point of, you know, Donald Trump getting elected a reality TV star. So, I differ in, in, in your view that, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a different economic theory that needs to change. What I believe needs to change is the, the, the establishment politicians. So the Barack Obamas, the George W. Bushes, the Bill Clintons that serve the corporations rather than the people. Right. And, and that's, what's created this because Barack Obama betrayed a whole generation of people by not putting those bankers in jail. He, he needed to do that. And he betrayed, he, be, he betrayed everybody. And now what you're seeing with, 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 with Donald Trump. And, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not a huge Republican fan. I don't agree with that, but you see a huge portion of the population getting disenfranchised because the, the, the current left is, burning down cities, they're rioting, 
the Democrat, the establishment Democratic Party is not, it's, they're not saying that that's bad. They're, 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 they're not playing down the riots. They're, 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 they're doing everything in power to stay, they're doing everything in, in their power to stay in power. So whether it's agree with the, with the riots, they'll do that. And then when the, when the polls start to show that people didn't like the riots, then, then they, they kind of shifted. So what I, what I think needs to change is the total destruction of the establishment politicians. And I think that Donald Trump already did that for the Republican side. Now what's left is the Democratic side. And that's why they've gone through such lengths to impeach to come out and to, to press, to do a full court press with all the mainstream media, right? So that, that's how my generation feels, right? And, and that's why I feel that this election right now coming up, you know, regardless of, of, the, of, the, of the economic policy of the country is so important because what you have is if you, if you elect Donald Trump, it's the total destruction of not only the Republican establishment, which he did in 2016, but also the, the Democratic establishment, the Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's. So if Biden gets elected, it's going to be a continuation of that establishment. And what, 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 what I hate about the Democratic Party is that they're promising all these socialist perspectives and socialist policies. But in reality, they, they, they don't, they're not going to implement them. They're doing that to get voted. And that's the exact type of opposite person that you want in power. Someone who's willing to give you and say anything and, and whisper sweet nothings in your ear to get in power. Well, to tell you that uh, what you just said is completely, uh, is, is simply a, a, a repetition of what politicians are saying in one side or the other or the other of the aisle is, is a redundance. Let me tell you that I believe that the problems the country is facing now are not due to a particular politician or a particular set of politicians. I think that the, the issues, I will repeat, are more broad and macro and have nothing to do or very little to do with politics. The fact of the matter is that you, as you said in the previous session, cannot afford to buy an apartment or a, or a home. And a similar a youngster like you in the 60s was. And, uh, you know, this issue of, uh, that I explained before yesterday, where you have two sides basically not listening to each other, is reaching a boiling point. And let me repeat again in very clear terms. One, the side that is preaching socialism is preaching a false premise. Society does not prosper. It has been proven again and again uh, without profit, without free enterprise without free trade. But the other side is also preaching a false premise. Capitalism as it stands today is not working for everyone. So I was explaining the, the, the issue that uh, we have gone to a crossroads where anybody that challenges the notion of the left or the right is basically on the other side, is A or B, and that's wrong. And basically neither of the two is working. And obviously the country underneath feels the reality, the pain of the day-to-day -day, uh, through their pockets, 
and to their opportunities and, and the fact that they are able to you know, earn a living, save money, provide for their families. I was telling you yesterday that I think it's very important that in the near future, capitalism is challenged, but not from I, the point I of view of that, socialism. But, but you're not, but you're not, look, in order for that to happen, right, this is a very academic viewpoint, right, which is, you know, the, the, the academics love utopia, academics love theory, right, but in terms of practicality, there needs to be a fundamental change in the establishment politics and well let's talk about that for a moment you had your time let me then explain it okay make no mistake about it the so-called establishment of the political parties it is firmly in place today as it was four years ago or eight years ago in both parties the strings the creative interest the lobbyists everything remains the same nothing has changed we have uh, uh, basically a political establishment that is composed essentially by lawyers. This country has half I, I, of the I, attorneys I, I of the whole world. I disagree. I disagree. Well, I think that when, when, when Trump got elected, he destroyed the Republican establishment. And I'm not the only one saying this. Well, I don't, A lot of political commentators. I don't think so. I don't think so. Why, why don't you I, think, I think so? that, well, but you just look at Congress and look how decisions are made and look on, you know, who is there elected by the people. No, the establishment of both parties remains in place. And let me tell you, I don't want to digress into a political discussion. It's why? not a political discussion. Because I, just, I don't I, think. I, I disagree. I don't think that your life or my life is driven by the decision of a politician in Washington. I'm sorry, okay? You live the way you live and you enjoy the standards of living that you have because you have a prosperous country behind you. And as I was telling you before, about two, yesterday, two thirds of this economy are, is, is private enterprise, period. The role of government is basically uh, exacerbated by all these, you know, resonance and, and propaganda that you hear again and again and again. I'm telling you, this issue of challenging capitalism without being labeled a socialist, okay, because I'm a I'm a hundred percent I'm an entrepreneur. I, I want a, a system that works on the basis of profit. Okay. But without challenging capitalism, challenging it, okay, stating it is not working in the way for, for, for the people in the way it should be. It is the main problem that, uh, that that affects us today, today. So, so that th th that's where me and you fundamentally disagree. I think that that Obama, okay, Obama ran on change, and he had the power in his hands as the president to really, really change up the wealth inequality. And there's been, there's interviews in the White House press conference when he, he mentioned even, he went on TV and he says, we need to address wealth inequality. And then two weeks later, he shut his mouth because there, there, there was huge lobbying power from Wall Street. It was Obama that ran on that campaign of hope and change. And he betrayed the American people. And that's not a talking point. It's not well, a talking point. Let me put it to you this way, okay? And I said it in the previous encounter we had, okay? I think that the most effective leaders this country has had have been leaders that have been able to govern from the center. What I'm stating to you in these sessions that are beginning just now, that this vision that you will meet in the middle and then you will find a compromise no longer works. And it no longer works because both parties are 
basically preaching false premises. Okay, and that has an effect. Yes, one person comes in and promises and it doesn't deliver. And then basically a, a different one comes in and promises, okay? And then the people on the polls will judge whether he delivered or not. But the fact is this, there is a whole bunch of people that are disenfranchised in the country. Let's take, for example, the, the generation of the over 50 uh, that are especially in the Northeast part of the US. There is a big problem, why? Because the industrial apparatus of the country is being uh, transformed by the current uh, uh, global market. We, well, 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 that's, that's one of the things that's been going on. It's called neoliberal globalism, right? And we're, we're entering into an era, if, if Donald Trump gets reelected, into a new conservative era. And he's proven that he's, he's, bun, he's brought a ton of manufacturing back to the United States. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we cannot match, you know, peak Detroit, you know, auto industry manufacturing, but he is bringing a, a, a tremendous amount of, of, of manufacturing back to the United States. Uh, the numbers destro- don't say that. Let me, so excuse me, Nicholas. That's, rea- that's false. The rea- well, the reality is, the reality is that the, the most important... African-American uh, uh, employment, it, it, it reached the low, uh, unemployment reached the lowest it ever has been, on Latinos as well, and also the amount of money that they were bringing in reached those levels the, under under trump the macro, and his policies the macro, and his attack on china because if it because when economists went out and they said going to a trade war with china is going to be a disaster mm-hmm. at the end of the day if it wasn't for the coronavirus the u.s economy was the best it was it ever was in, in history the macroeconomic numbers of the country are nothing and we have a trend that, that started in 2009, where we've been pretty stable in a number of, until Corona came, okay? And not only us, most of the developed world. Those numbers mean nothing if you have a large number of people in the country that feel that the, basically the job they are in is not enough to, to make a decent living. Uh, a youngster like you cannot afford to, to purchase a home. And, and that has not changed, and it, it started Many years ago, not only in the Obama era or the Trump era, this, I told you this comes, goes all the way back to the 70s. This process of inequality, lack of a first shop, lack of mob, uh, social mobility uh, is a serious issue, but it's not an, an issue that is solved through socialism okay, or leftist ideas. So what, what you, you, you're suggesting, and you keep going back to this, you're suggesting this idea, this, this academic idea of capitalism needs to change. And my perspective is, yes, I agree with you. There is tremendous amount of wealth inequality. But I think that our best solution, our best, our best choice right now is, it, is, is, is a more conservative country because conservatism basically entails responsibility over myself versus the government taking care of you, which is a leftist ideal. Well, I don't see the solutions of the country in that type of duality. So, so how else would you fix well, it? I, I told you yesterday that, in my, in my opinion, the, the problems that we have are so complex that they need a combination of the academic world and the entrepreneurial world. Let me give you a practical example. I mentioned to you that if you're a worker, an engineer at Google, it is highly possible that you're living 40, 50, 60 miles away 
from uh, the Silicon Valley area because simply you can't afford it. You cannot afford it. Well, well that, that's because of the rent controls and the democratic policies that were established in California. Well, to the contrary. The, to the contrary. You you're, talking to the about, contrary? you're talking about the Palo Alto market. Basically, the real estate market has, because of the wealth that was generated, has been generated in the area. The price per square feet of any physical object is yes, so high. And, and that was exacerbated by democratic policies in, in, the in, in the implementation of rent no, control. No, what you're saying is contradictory because basically when you have prices that are through the roof, is, is because, like it should be, I believe in free market, but I'm, don't, don't digress uh, because, some, because the, the issue here is not talking about a political banner. But for example, Google could engage into a serious analysis of how to provide financing okay, or assistance to the employees so that they can afford housing. So without entering into socialist ideas or social but, entrepreneurship. But, but you, that would require a government regulation. Not over, at all, not at over all. Over a private company. Not at all. This country uh, has prospered through, through the last two so years why, what, through why, free enterprise. Why would, free enterprise. Google, why would Google go and take that initiative well, if it doesn't if I benefit do, if the I bottom do, line? If, of course it does, because if my dollars and cents tells me that the cost of that individual to move back and forth every day, okay, and its productivity is enhanced if he was living closer in a more comfortable place or he has his own, he had his own place, of course I'm going to do it. And what I'm saying that those, uh, capitalism has to take a hard look at itself. This has nothing to do with politicians, has nothing to do with anyone at the White House. This is, as again, this is a two-thirds, the two-thirds of this economy are private. We thrive and, 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 and live in prosperity because of the profits generated by those companies, not by the government. It has nothing to do with government. This is a private enterprise economy, a private enterprise society, okay? And government is just there to represent us in a minutia of items. That's what it's supposed to be, okay? It doesn't have to be beyond simple matters or matters that, that have to do with the security of the state uh, and, and the protection of our land. But we are a country driven by private enterprises. And for your information, Nico, uh, the vast majority of the most powerful uh, enterprises in this country are global enterprises. So when we get into this discussion of globalism, we're talking BS, I'm sorry. Okay, because but all those companies, all those companies. Okay, so that's an opinion. What you just said. Oh, well, it an is opinion. an opinion, but the fact is that when you think about McDonald's or Coca-Cola or Caterpillar or Ford or General Motors or Chrysler, whoever you think of, okay, which allows us to live the way we live, those companies are global. Those companies compete all over the world to think, to dream, or to speculate that that is otherwise is just simply being in an alternative world. Okay. These companies, Boeing, these companies compete in a global environment where they need uh, labor, uh, they need consulting, they need parts that are not made here. And rest assured about something, as long as we are as prosperous as we are, as I told you, we have about 60 plus thousand dollars per capita in GDP. It means the revenues that the country generates as a whole per divided by the number of individuals, okay? There are simply a number of items we cannot produce here any longer, but that doesn't matter because this country lives of services, of royalties, of fees 
we generate technology. Okay, but you're, you're, you're drifting away from the initial conversation. The, 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 the problem, when we first started this conversation is that there's clearly civil unrest, right? And, 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 and I think we both agree that it's, it's caused by the wealth inequality, but we, we have different opinions on how to mitigate that. I come from the perspective of we, we need to see the country shift in a more conservative ideology. Well, I'm Why? telling you that both premises at this moment are false. The premise How you say that well, the premise of socialism doesn't work. I'm not saying the present of socialism. I'm not saying the present and the of capitalism. And the, and the premise of capitalism as it's working no, right now I'm not talking doesn't work. You're for, confusing. For the you're confusing economic policy versus ideology in this country. In this country right now, especially in the universities, liberalism, which 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 teaches identity politics over personal responsibilities, right, is a major cause for the unrest. And we need the country to shift in a more concert. The pendulum needs to slip, shift in a more conservative uh, uh, part. From right? a political point of view, uh, son, I explained to you in our previous conversation that what you're trying to do is you're trying to fit a round peg on a square hole. The fact of the matter is that we have at least four different political organizations in the country. And by trying to corral them into I'm artificial fencing. I'm not talking fencing, about the political, I'm not talking about the political parties. I'm saying the nation as a whole needs to shift into a more conservative ideology. And that's your political view. And I'm sure within those four, I say four. There I'm not more. talking about, I'm not talking about voting Republican or voting. Some people will be more conservative like you. Some people will be more liberal thinking in terms of duality. Okay. And basically say that there are at least four different political organizations in the country and that anybody in government should be able to get there only by coalescing with one or two of the others. Okay, but okay? again, you're going, you're backtracking to this academia, this, 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 this utopian vision of what the government should you be. You have a real possibility that some of these parties may fracture after this election. Uh, I, I, okay. if, 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 if the right gets elected in power, I don't think there'll be a fracture. What needs to happen is that the democratic establishment, as we know it, needs to needs to disintegrate. I mentioned to you that I believe that uh, in this boiling point, it is possible that the loser in the election fractures first and the other one will follow. I told you exactly the that. The Republican Party already fractured when Donald Trump got elected. Well, whoever loses, whoever loses, I'm telling you that there is a real possibility, not only of, of unrest and a crisis that may be the boiling point for us to evolve, to grow politically and then also in our economic system, uh, that the, 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 the loser, the, the party that loses, has a serious possibility of risk through a crisis, of course, of breaking into two. And the other one will follow. And, and then you will have a completely different landscape because basically the reality is that uh, none of the ideologies that are being preached right now are representative of what the people needs are. The people I, need I, a very I, tangible, I, very real. Let me explain I, you something. I disagree with you okay. completely. The, the workers in the northeast part of the U.S. of, of industry absolutely like coal or lo steel. Absolutely love Donald Trump. 
well, and I respect that, and I, I, I commend you for that, because basically, that's the idea. The idea is that you, as a, as a citizen, you will have a belief in a leader, and, and I believe that he, in, in many ways, has found, a, a, and, and the people that, that follow him, are, are, have found resonance between each other. I think that I was telling you that there is a, a solid 40% of the country that had found somebody that listens to them. They feel that their voices are being heard. You, your, your statements clearly reflect that. At the same time, you have another 40% of the country that I feel that they think they are being left behind, they're not being heard. And that's a problem for the other political they're organization. They're feeling that way because Obama did not follow well, through with his promises. That may be possible. But what, what I'm trying to explain to you is that neither of the two organizations at this moment is preaching an ideology or a path for the country based on real premises or assumptions. But that's, in a, that's a very far-fetched opinion. Well, listen, the reality is that capitalism at and this moment... extremely is, pompous of you to say that as well. Well, let, let me tell you, at this moment, capitalism is not providing the safety and the comfort and the enthusiasm and the uh, openness and the equality that a lot of people in the country needs. But do and you see by the way, how that's a political opinion and not, ideology not really, versus not really the end-all be-all? Enterprises, enterprises, as capitalism has, evolved, has uh, continued to, to be our prevailing system in the last you know, 100 years, okay? The enterprises have not, and academics have not really undertaken the task of challenging without leftist ideas, without the view that the solution is socialism. No, no, put that aside. What about challenging capitalism at its core? It is a, a system where the key essence is profit and that should not change. The essence is entrepreneurship, that should not change. Less government intervention, progressively, that should not change. Uh, lower taxes, small government, all of those premises are fundamental for capitalism. But in the meantime, you say, wait a second, but it is not working for everyone. How do we do that? Not on the premises of gifts or giveaways or food stamps. No, on the premises of hard work. How do we challenge this so that a youngster like you can afford a home the way he could afford it in the 60s? Because it doesn't make any sense that our GDP is X times bigger 60 years later, and yet that youngster of your age was able to afford something in the 60s and is not able to afford it now. Well, okay. that's because of the, 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 the neoliberal globalist policies that started in the Bill Clinton era. Well, let's, this, this, let's, this dissect, the, this, let's just dissect the word that you just said, okay? neoliberal globalist policies, okay? Listen, this country since the end of the 19th century, okay, has been a fertile ground for the birth, growth, and development of extremely successful companies, okay? Vaseline, Hershey, they were all, you know, uh, uh, Parker Pence, they were all present already at the end of the, the, the 18th century, the 19th century, sorry. Okay, but um, these enterprises are the heart and soul of this country. When you go through all those brands, 
one after another. That's what made us prosperous. That's what continues to make us prosperous. That has nothing to do with politicians. That has nothing to do with Congress policies. These are independent entrepreneurs in different cities, in different regions of the country that had been bold and that had pursued excellence and have created great products and services. And those enterprises are the ones that make, allows us to live like this, not the politicians. Let's begin with that. Okay. That has been there before, it was there after, and it continues to be today. It has not changed. Okay. It has nothing to do with the U.S. Congress or anybody sitting in the White House. Okay. And nobody has changed our way of operating ever. The way Boeing operates or American Airlines operates or United Airlines operates is the same always. It has nothing to do with Congress. And when our, some of our companies start to fail, like Kodak or, or Xerox, and then the Facebooks and the uh, Google's came and, and basically brought a fresh new wave of well, well, internet well, companies. I, that has nothing to I, do with I, politicians. I disagree. It has everything to do with politicians. Zero, zero, in zero. In 2000, of course, how could you say zero? In 2008, yeah. banks failed. They failed. And if it was a normal capitalistic society, they would have been let to fail. But the U.S. government and Main Street picked up the bill. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. That's the issue. Okay. And none of those bankers were held accountable. So you want to talk about so, the so, so, you, so you can't, no, it's not that I want to talk about the crisis. Yes. It's that you're saying that these independent and independent companies have nothing to do with government when in 2009, the largest financial crisis in human history mm-hmm. happened. It was the government that got super involved in what happened because of what happened with private corporations. And and instead of letting real capitalism take its place, letting things fail and other companies taking its place, what what happened was a form of crony capitalism under the Obama administration. So let's go to the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. Since you want to talk about it, you want to talk in strict economic terms, let's do that, okay? First of all, yes, we had a major collapse, okay, in the financial markets due to the free reign that financial institutions had in granting mortgages. Due okay? to the free reign that the George W. Bush administration granted the it financial is, it institutions. Is clear, it is so clear. So that, that, that point in itself disproves yes. what you were no, saying earlier. No, because what made this country great, and I'm sorry to tell you, you know, I, I believe that the whole financial system it is a drag and it's a big issue because they don't really produce anything. They don't generate anything. Okay. But what made this country great has nothing to do with the financial industry of this country. Zero. Okay. So that industry got into serious trouble and almost brought the entire world financial system down. Gorman intervened in many different ways. I think that there were big mistakes in the way this, this intervention was done. I agree. The fact that nobody went to jail is a big problem and it's a failure of government. I also believe that some of the bailouts were necessary to rescue some of the great companies. I believe that some of the companies that were let down were strategic mistakes for the country. Let me give an example of Lehman Brothers or Arthur Anderson that failed to the end. The, attitude, the attitudes of those executives were correct. horrific, but, they were horrendous. Correct, but let me tell you something from a pure business point of view. Lehman Brothers was a uh, pool of knowledge a, uh, that is irreplaceable. In other words, put the executives in jail, all of them, okay? But do not let a, 
um, basically a knowledge-based enterprise, which is this country doesn't live off manufacturing to the lives of services that took decades to be formed, that is in the middle of all the largest financial transactions in the world. Do not let it fail. Don't be stupid country. That's strategic mistake, that's strategic asset of the country. Like the same Arthur Anderson, that, that company, the, the accounting side of the company, not, not Accenture. Okay, but do you see how do you see how Wall Street messed up? And it was Main Street that bailed them out. And that is what is exacerbating. 100% true. But you know what? The fact is that in spite of all the mess they created, and let me tell you, I'm not a friend of the financial uh, industry here. I'm not a friend at all, all right? Uh, I, I think they're they are one of the roots of the problem that capitalism has, by the way. But in spite of them, the world economy, not only the U.S., the, of the developed nations came through. And over the course of the following 10 years until Corona hit, okay, the, con the whole world encountered, developed world, and, and then the rest of the world followed, encountered one of the most stable periods in economic growth. Which ever was, so you're saying between 2010 and 2020? 2009 to 2020, when Corona hit, when you look at the ratios of, you know, both unemployment, GDP growth, inflation rate, uh, they were very similar in most of the developed countries, very similar, in spite of whatever ideology was controlling them, okay, and uh, house starts, uh, consumer spending, consumer sentiment, uh, uh, that so the country came out the, the world came out of that crisis including the u.s we came out we came out and i i and let me tell you uh, that anger that you have i i, I actually so agree with it because the, i don't think this country was tough enough on one side but at the same time made horrible mistakes in letting certain strategic assets fall that were very valuable for the country which you have never done that but none of that takes away the, what allows us to continue to live the way we live, which is what? Those 1,000, 1,500 beautiful enterprises where we have these brands that are coveted all over the world, we, whether it's a product or a service, that American product that is sold or provided for everywhere. And those, that stream of money is one of the big reasons why you and I live the way we live. It has nothing to do with government. It's private enterprise. It has nothing to do with political parties. Zero. That's simply private enterprise driving everything. Now, the politicians are supposed to be there to represent us, to represent our needs, to represent what we want. Okay? But when both parties are preaching false premises, you reach a boiling point. And nobody wants to talk to anyone. And the, the answer is no longer in the middle. Because since the two sides are preaching false premises, the middle is also false. No, it's something completely new. And it's not academic. I think that the issue is about capitalism, all these enterprises saying, you know what? Yes, there are things that are not working and the solutions are complex. The solutions are not simple. Because it's not about giving more money to people that doesn't work. No, it's about how to reward work, how to reward good efforts, you know, people's growth, people's development, how to, re you know, reward the young people that is coming into the workforce and that basically have, have their hands tied in many ways. What's going on? Why is the system generating 
this inequality. And it's, it's economically driven, it's not politically driven. It's basically the enterprises are accustomed to operate in a certain way, and that's, that's how the system is, because nobody can challenge capitalism because they, they, it's labeled as socialist. But, but, no. but, that, but that's what's going on right now. Well, the, as long as you have a country where two sides are entrenched, okay, and, and not talking to each other, but they are both working on their false premises, okay, you're heading into a clash, you're heading into a boiling point. And I think that, that perhaps the country needs that in, in order to have a new uh, political landscape. And, and, and that's perhaps where, where we're heading, that we're going to have a new political landscape uh, as so, a result of this. So I think, personally, I think that what's going to happen is the, old, the center Democrats are going to shift to the Republican side. The traditional Republican, the, the, the very the extreme religious com conservative Republicans, that side of the, the aisle is going to start to get smaller and smaller. And what we see is the Democratic Party now is going to become a socialist party. Mm -hmm. So th th that's where I see it going. And I, and, I, and, I, and I see the Republican Party much stronger than the, the, than the, the, the future of the Democratic and, Party. And I, I, as I told you, I, uh, one of the things that I will always uh, respect is being a son that is passionate and has beliefs. Because that's one of the things that you don't want apathy, you don't want people to be you know, indifferent to the reality. I, you can only contrast that with, to what I'm telling you and take it in the best way you can or not, okay? But I'm, I'm telling you the political system right now is fractured, it is uh, obsolete, is, is, uh, when I say fracture, I mean broken, uh, and that is on the verge of a crisis, all of it. And, and it's based on, this is my simple idea uh, to you, on the fact that they are both preaching false premises. I am more into what I am, an entrepreneur. So I cannot envision socialism being a solution for anything. It has proven again and again that it, that it does not work. So I'm on the side of, yeah, we need enterprises making a lot of money. And we need entrepreneurs that are taking bold initiatives, creative uh, um, uh, 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 initiatives that, that keep bringing innovation and prosperity to the country. But, but gentlemen, we have to revisit capitalism to its core. But who is going to incentivize that? I think that this is an entropic process. What? This is not this don't coming top down. Most politicians have nothing to so do with what, this. What, what incentive do companies have in order to change that? I think that the issue, that's why academics have to be involved, because it's an issue of dollars and cents at the end of the day. Because if you can but, demonstrate, but, but this is this is this is this is you're talking utopia. This isn't a realistic, you know. Well, this isn't you've a seen realist... a number of large enterprises for the first time assigning billions of dollars to build affordable housing. Imagine how serious the problem is that you see an Amazon or a Google. But isn't a... that capitalism playing exactly how it needs to play out? Oh, and and and, and there is no other way that it should be, but. If you think that capitalism, uh, when you know everything is driven by profit, remember that, okay, is going to autocorrect itself by free market, it will do in terms of construction and destruction of new technologies, new you know business ideas. Yes, but when it comes to the needs of the people, they are always there. They don't change. Okay, you need house, 
you need to be able to afford the school for your kids and good clothing and 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 and, and you know provide health care for for you and your family those needs are not driven by technology those are human basic needs and what i'm saying is that the, the, the whole theory of capitalism has to be revisited from an entrepreneurial and from an academic point of view, so that basically call it reinvented or evolved to a higher level. And that has nothing to do with politicians. Zero, zero. It has nothing to do with that. You live the way you live, Nico, because you have a Coca-Cola all over the world selling Cokes at the same time as McDonald's is doing the same and Ford is doing the same. And that's not a nationalistic activity what they do it, they it, are selling their products everywhere absolutely but it, it, you know it, it's i understand what you're saying but perhaps it's the generational gap and this is exactly why the show is called the father-son hour and the generational class Gosh, guys we're running out of time but next week's topics are going to be the future of money whether the future of money for fiat and the future of money for cryptocurrencies and you're going to see the perspectives of my boomer father and you're going to see the perspectives of the millennial son if you guys like the podcast it would be super helpful for you guys to rate it subscribe and of course tune into the next one